1: And Jonathan Green, it's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City.
2: Hey Gigaheads! Welcome to Speed City. Jonathan Green here, stepping in for John Massingale. We're giving him a night off for the for the sake of. For the the heck of it, shall we say. But Les Kaisers here, as always, my stalwart alongside me. We've had a big weekend of motorsport. There's a lot going on out there. The doctor has COVID. That's the big news for me. And I mean uh, Valentino Rossi, known as the doctor. But sadly, the doctor is under doctor's orders. He missed the arrogant Grand Prix this weekend. Dixon wins... Petit Le Mans, his first win just a week away from hopefully his fifth title. And Alex Rins wins the MotoGP in Aragon. Another good result. Also for Joe Roberts, a top six for him. He was pole just a week ago at Le Mans. Sadly, that uh, didn't come to fruition because he had a bike problem. But Joe Roberts is coming and coming fast for the United States. Welcome to Speed City. Uh, Les, busy weekend for you. Lots going on. Um, I really enjoyed Petit Le Mans, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, that's all good and fine and dandy. I want to talk about what's coming up. We got racing coming to the Circuit of the Americas. Yes, we did. I am pumped. Pooped. So here we come. USF4 is coming. Formula Regional Americas is coming. And An event some of y'all probably haven't heard of. The Ultimate Streetcar Association is coming in November. This is everything
2: imaginable that's street legal and extremely fast. Well, you mentioned f4 and uh we've already had linus lundquist on last weekend the champion of this so we thought we'd follow up with the f4 champion of the americas with hunter yaney uh, he is a name you may not be that familiar with yet but get used to it because you're going to be hearing it a lot in motor racing terms and i've also got his team manager dan mitchell uh, with him tonight and we're going to get both of them to talk about coming to COTA in less than a week's time uh, and about their season, which has been quite remarkable, to be quite honest. Um, and Les, anything else that uh, is, is tickling your fancy in the motorsport world? Uh,
3: you know, just uh, there's just a lot of changes. I'm still tracking on kind of what led up to Chase Carey uh, yep. exiting Formula One and Domenicali, uh taking the saddle. So it should be interesting, uh, you know, from the sound of it, it wasn't that big of a surprise. In that Chase Carey knew this was not his specialty, and uh, his specialty was really organizing and setting direction, and and he's certainly done that.
2: Yeah, with Sean Bratches and now Chase Carey, it's been an interesting time. But you, I guess, you have to remember that there was a lot going on before the changeover to Liberty, and I guess that um, you know they, that you could argue that they've been at this now for five years, and I would have thought it would be exhausting, and maybe it was time for a change. I think Dominicali's going to be a good person to put in there. Um, He's a politician. He's an ex-head of Ferrari. Ferrari, the most important team in Formula One. He knows how to deal with the politics. He's reunited with his old buddy, Ross Braun, who is the sporting director of F1. So it might be a little bit uh, swayed towards Ferrari uh, in terms of uh, ex-hands, but I don't think it's a bad thing because there's not many people who could run Formula One and get the respect of all the teams and Domenicali is definitely one of those. And along with Ross Brawn, I think it could be an interesting era. Uh, And it's gonna gonna be interesting regardless because of the the rule changes and because of what's going on, Honda pulling out. And of course, we'll be talking more about that next weekend when it's the Portuguese Grand Prix. But let's bring on our guests. And I wanna start with Dan Mitchell. Uh, Dan Mitchell is the team principal of the VRD team in F4. Uh, A fellow Englishman, I may add. Uh, Dan, are you there? Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? So, yeah, welcome no, to the fantastic. show. Um, first of all, congratulations. Tell us about your season and what's been going on.
4: No, what a fantastic year. You know, um, Velocity Racing Development is new. It's, it's his two, second year birthday this week. So, we've only been over two years and, you know, the first full season of F4 US. And we've won the championship with Hunter Yaney um, with one round to spare. And, you know, we're coming over to Texas to see you guys next weekend. Um, with already the championship in hand. So, you know, for Hunter's perspective, no pressure. Um, We have a bit of exciting news for you guys, which we will share with you, in which nobody knows right now. There's no press release, there's no nothing. And that being that Hunter Uni will step up early and race FR Americas next weekend at Texas. Um, So he will step up. So he's going to step up and he's going to... We're going to go and try and take it to Linus Lundqvist
2: and, and see how we get on. That is a big piece of Speed City exclusive news there. Congratulations, Dan. Um, Before we go any further, though, I want to also point out and play for you. um, You've had a little backroom help last time out. Dakota Dickerson, who's a good friend of the show, uh, he's been part of helping Hunter out. And I just want to play this uh, little bit of audio for you um, that Dakota did um, talking about on social media, talking about working with VRD.
5: Just helping out the Velocity Racing Development guys on the driver coaching side, working with Hunter Yeini, Eric Evans, and Nick Persing this weekend. It's awesome, I love coaching. You know, Transitioning, obviously coming from the F4 and FR ranks, coming back over here to work with some of the drivers is, is really rewarding, especially with a weekend like this, when you win the championship with Hunter Yeadie and get a one-two with Velocity Racing Development. F4 and FR, winning both of those championships, it's done a tremendous amount for my career, both on the driving side and then obviously now on the coaching aspect too. Future's bright for me, it looks like the future's bright for a lot of the Velocity Racing Development boys as well, so big props to the team for getting to them to where they are now
4: and a huge immense amount of talent under Yeeni and Eric Evans, as well as Nick Pershing this weekend.
2: So that was Dakota Dickerson, like I said, friend of the show and a former champion himself. But uh, Dan, a useful guy to have in Hunter's corner who's just 15, right?
4: Oh, what a great guy, you know, years of experience, two championships in a row in F4 and FR. You know, for a team like us coming into it pretty fresh, the, the, the dynamic, the information he has, you know, the tricks of the trade that he's brought to the team that has given Hunter and allowed us to progress has just been fantastic. Um, he hasn't had much opportunity to work with us this year in the race weekends, as most of the calendar was conflicted due to COVID, which was which was a shame. But the races he's been there, has been fantastic. But as you know, Jonathan, and as you know, what we do is we prepare the drivers well before we go racing. You know, racing is just a box that we need to tick and we need to move on from, you know. But the drivers are prepared with me and Dakota way before the race. And all the work is done off the track. So, you know, credit to Dakota. He works super hard. He's constantly on the simulator with Hunter, you know, from San Diego to Virginia Beach. They're, they're, they're practicing day in, day out. Um, I'm sure they've been practicing Dakota today. You know, Dakota finished the second in the uh, LMP3 championship yesterday. He finished sixth overall in the race at Road Atlanta. But I'm sure as soon as he's landed, he's been back on the simulator with Hunter and just preparing for the race ahead. Wow, that, that's great! You
3: know, we are we are excited. And I can tell you, there's a lot of interest already here because of Coda. You may have heard the excitement of my voice. We're excited. We're getting some racing going, some legit racing. So excited to see you coming up. So many of you guys uh, have been in your own little bubble there and things. How much are y'all able to collaborate with each other and coach with each other on this
4: through uh, the past few months? It's been
6: pretty
4: simple. I mean. There's been different restrictions in different states we've visited. Um, You know, we went up to Ohio and we spent time in Florida. Um, But the series, the SCCA Pro, they did a fantastic job of making sure that we were racing. Um, We we got on the track very quickly. Um, They did a fantastic job. You know, they put protocols in place and they they made us, you know, work as a bubble and work together and, and stay away from each other. But at the same time, as a team we could continue working in unity and work exactly as we have done before. So, you know, credit to everybody who's put in the work to allow us to be able to continue doing what we're doing and allow us to do what we've done and and win a championship. You know, once COVID hit, um, you know, Hunter had what we call the great Hunter depression. You know, he was ready to go. He was super pumped. He'd just come off the back of winning the Academy Race Series with Gustavo Yacquemann. Um, down in Florida. He didn't win the series, but he had a hat-trick of wins in the second round. He didn't compete in the first round for, for certain reasons. Um, he had a hat-trick of wins. We'd practiced at a lot of the tracks, and he was super, super confident. And We were all quietly ready that we were going to do a good job this season. And just as we were about to start the season, that was taken away from us. And, you know, Hunter the young. He's, he's, he was 14 at the time. He turned 15 in May this year. And he was just ready to go. And it was like, you know, taking sweets from a baby he was ready he was he was pumped and they took that away from us early and it took us, took us a good six weeks to get him back to where he was you know um but he picked himself up he went
2: again and and here we are right now so,
4: so credit to hunter and the job he did this season
2: yeah, you know, I, I did the commentary for that winter series, the, the Yakiman Academy, and uh, I was really impressed because, as you say, uh, towards the end of it, he was firing on all cylinders and I thought he was going to come into a, a real high tide into F4 which he has eventually done. But like you say, it took a little bit of time um, to, to get him back and going. Well, listen, we're going to talk to Hunter in a minute with that big news. We're talking to Dan Mitchell, team manager of VRD, who are currently second in the team's championship, but are the driver's champions this year for uh, F4 Americas. And they'll be coming to the Circuit of the Americas here next week. So we look forward to that. We're going to take a short break here on 1370. Stay with us on Speed City. We'll be right back.
1: At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives. Only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas Ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio,
2: Speed City. Good job by Jeff Gordon and a great NASCAR race yet again. Joey Logano in a very intense battle with Kevin Harvick all the way to the line at Kansas just a few hours ago. And congratulations to Scott Dixon, who not only run the Rolex uh, at the beginning of the year, Vence has now followed it up with his first win at Petit Le Mans. And if he really is in the mood to be successful, he could take his fifth title next weekend at St. Pete. And of course, Scott Dixon is going down in history as being one of the greatest indie drivers of all time. But that road to Indy potentially starts back in single seaters, back in F4, and FR3, or FR Regional, as it's now called. And on the line, I have VRD uh, team manager, Dan Mitchell. And I think our new champion, Hunter Yaney, is also on the line. Hunter, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey. Congrats, well, congratulations, first and foremost. Uh, what a season. Um, I'm gonna get to next weekend first, but first I wanna know, you know, uh, Dan was just explaining that, you know, It's not been easy in the time of covid uh you were flying high in february um so tell me about your season
6: yeah so before the season um right after i finished the academy winter series i was so ready to go racing and at uh road atlanta and i was like yes we're finally going racing and then like right before we were about to go they were like sorry we're canceling and then uh, a little bit after that, I was like, okay, we're ready to go again at CODA because we thought we were going to do CODA first, and then that got canceled. And I was like, oh, my gosh, can't we just go racing already? Because, like, at that point, I was like, I've done so much practice. I'm just ready to go get the job done. Very frustrating.
3: we would saying exactly the same thing. Let's go racing. Come on. Well, great to have you here. Hey, give us a quick history on your Circuit of the America uh, history and experience.
6: Um, I actually have. No experience um, ever driving on that track. The only experience I've had is watching um, video from the last two years of the drivers we had, Michael Orlando, Oliver Clark, and Ryan McDermid. I got to watch some of their video from F4. Um, I haven't got to see any F3 video yet, or FR as they call it now. Um, but I do practice quite a bit on the sim. I do some with Dakota. I do some with my teammate Eric. Yeah, so I'm on the sim quite a bit,
2: probably about three hours a day. Well, listen, you wrapped up the championship at Barber, is that right? I wrapped it up at Homestead.
6: It was Homestead, I think it was Homestead race one.
2: Okay. We've got a little bit of video here. Let's let's have a look at Hunter in action in F4 uh, because um, very impressive all weekend long. And just for those of you who aren't familiar, F4 effectively is the first move out of karting into slicks and wings, single seater racing on the road to Indy or even FIA F1 if you make it uh, that far. It's an FIA uh, championship.
6: Thank you to my team, Velocity Racing Development, for giving me such an amazing car. Uh, And my teammate, Eric, for putting up a good fight.
2: I'd like to thank my team, Crosslink Competition. They've done a great job. And, yeah, thanks to everyone watching me. So there was Hunter Yaney in action. And as you can see, it's wheel-to-wheel stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jose Blanco, I know well, and I know a lot of the guys you've been racing against. But let's talk about the big news that Dan put up up at the top of the show. Hunter, this is huge. You're coming to a circuit you've never raced, uh, and you're going to race Formula Regional, the the next step up, which automatically would be the presumption for next year. But you're doing it here at Cota, which is really exciting for for everyone um how do you feel about it
6: um i feel pretty good i've had i has um, already have quite a couple of days in the fr car now um i've been practicing in cars like kind of just like the fr uh if not like pretty close uh i'm particularly shooting to beat to beat Lena. uh i think it would be a like a great achievement if i beat him uh i know that he's won... 95 percent of the season so uh that'll be quite an achievement if we got to be him
3: now i gotta turn <laughs> no, Dad, back he to hasn't
6: lost
2: a, he hasn't lost a race yet
3: yeah i gotta turn back to dan dan what got hunter on your radar how do you pick this out in an upcoming
4: driver oh it's a bit of a long story really but um
6: yeah we, we
4: were at cowler at a go-kart race um And it was like a February race, and Hunter was there with Team Benic at the time. And there was a wet session. There was uh, seven carts that went out, and the rest of the carts stayed in the tent. Now, there was two drivers in that session who stayed on dry tires. One was Hunter Yeaney, and one was Emo Fittipaldi, Emerson's Emerson's son. Um, And he went out there, and he did the full session on slick tires, and he was fantastic. He was actually the quickest driver in the session. He was on the slick tires. And at that point, I knew there was a kid there that was a fantastic driver, but he wasn't getting the results in casting. There was something that didn't click with him. you know he had great talent, he had great speed, but the racing wasn't there you know in his five year casting career, he had one podium um i think one win actually, and that was a pre final winner for gopher uh he never won a single race and never won a single final had a couple of local podiums, but i mean as far as far as the Go Kart career is concerned, it was pretty average. Um, If you say below average, but you know, he certainly had some talent. And with my extensive experience over in Europe with some big teams, and I could see that there was something we could do with Hunter. Um, People thought I was crazy, and I'm sure um, vice versa. Hunter working with me, people thought they were crazy as well. And you know, it's been a great combination. You know, Hunter's commitment to racing is just second to none. Everything he does is, you know, if it's going to make him better at racing, he'll do it. If it won't make him any better, it won't improve him, he's not interested. You know, and it's a fantastic dynamic we have. You know, Mum wants to go out and do this. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. I want to stay here and drive the simulator. I want to go work with my coach, my trainer. You know, that's what's given him the edge this year. You know, he's actually the youngest Formula 4 champion in the world. The youngest, you know. Um, there's nobody younger to win F4 in the world. He's got 12 super license points. His aim is to go to Formula One. And, you know, right now, there's, someone's got to stop him because this boy's on a run. And I, I genuinely believe, you know, if he keeps his head down, he works hard, and he keeps doing what he's doing, the possibilities are definitely endless for him, you know. Um, big aim for me is, you know, I've known Jonathan for years, you know, Mr. Macau, as I call him. I'd love to take Hunter to Macau and have him there. And I'm sure Jonathan, you'd love to see him there too.
2: I, t- I totally would. And I love the fact that, um, you know, I'm so used yeah. to talking to F4 drivers who, you know, eventually end up on that road to Indy. You know, Dakota's gone to uh, sports cars. Kirkwood's very much. Kyle Kirkwood's very much on that um uh, road to Indy, uh, he will do Uni- uh, Indy nights next year, but let's, let's ask Hunter. So, I mean, just to explain, um, obviously you're an American and you're on the way up. You're only 15. You're the youngest champion. Um, but you know, we've got Logan Sargent. We've had Juan Manuel career. Uh, Cameron Das has moved on as a, an F4 champion himself. He's now racing in Europe. Um, do you still have ambitions? Do, do you want to go to formula one and be the next big American to race for Haas?
6: Yeah, I would, I would be honest. I'd really like to be the first uh, American championship winner since Mario Andretti in
2: 1978. Good for you. So is he your idol, or who do you look at at Formula One now that you, impresses you, and which team would you like to be placed with?
6: Um, Really, whichever one would take me. Uh, <laughs> good me answer. Yeah. yeah, whichever one gives me the opportunity to... Just drive with them because we put a lot of effort into this and uh really wouldn't be up to me to pick the teams i leave that probably up to Dan um but yeah really just whichever one would take interest in me
2: well we know Gunter Steiner watches the show we had Zach Brown on a couple of weeks ago uh so and and by the way this is a good omen for next weekend Cooper McNeil was on the last two guests have both won in the last two weeks so just you know we had Linus on uh, two weeks ago, Cooper McNeil. He's just won at Petit Le Mans in GTD. So it's a good omen. Um, Dan, um, your thoughts on... on uh, just ex- Can you just explain the process, if you will? Because I'm sure there's a few dads out there listening... Here in the local Austin area, and we've been very successful here in Austin with youngers, young guys from Texas. And I know there's a couple that uh, hunters racing against Benilla is one of them. This 17-year-old, obviously, Pat O'Ward, based in San Antonio, has gone already up the ladder. Um, but if you were a dad with with a 15-year-old, what's the process? What are you looking at, and how do you go about it?
4: No, the process is uh, it's made a lot more complicated than it's than it seems, you know. I think a lot of dads are really scared to reach out to the teams and really scared to just have the conversation, you know. Um, cars is just a natural step. Um, doesn't matter how good or bad you are on go-karts, and, you know, it's just a process, you know. We actually have our own academy, the Velocity Racing Development Academy. Um, right now we have five drivers on the academy, and this weekend was USPKS up at GoPro. Uh, Mateo Rubio Luengo won in KA100. He's a 13-year-old. Max Garcia, 11 years old, he uh, clean-sweeped the weekend in mini-swift and picked up the championship. Um, We have some great talent on our Bucks, who we've spotted early and we've put on the academy. Um, But no, really, it's just a case of picking up the phone, calling a couple of teams, you know, organizing the test with the teams, getting in the car for the first time, getting a feel for the people you trust and the people that you feel, you know, are good for you and are going to be good back to you. And just getting the driver to get some laps under their belts, you know, a little bit of track time, whether it's the first time in Formula 4. Formula 4 is a great car. It's a super safe car. It's 160 horsepower, you know, wings and a formula. It's something where Hunter got in for the first time and, you know, took to it like a duck to water. And I asked him, you know, I said, hey, Hunter, you know, what made you feel so safe? He said, oh, I've got seatbelts, you know, I felt, very comfortable in the car, and it just allowed him to sort of start to push as the day goes on. You know, the process can be long, you know. Just because a driver is fantastic on the first day, it doesn't mean by day 10 he's going to be any better. And just because a driver is super slow on day one, it doesn't mean that by day 10 they're not going to be the best driver after 10 days, you know. Drivers need time to, to get used to the car, to feel comfortable, to learn and progress and to be allowed to progress and allowed to learn at their pace. You know, and just let the team and the coaches around the team do their job. And that's what it's all about, just picking up the phone, having a conversation with myself or having a conversation with another team and just saying, hey, like, we want to get in the car, we want to drive, we want to see what it's about, and we want to see if, you know, our, our son or daughter is, is is ready and got got what it takes, you know. Um, I work with some fantastic drivers in Europe and, you know, some, some that were the very best on day one, they're, they're not doing anything right now. Some that took eight to ten days. I mean, they're actually, you know, right up there in all the higher formulas. So, you know, never judge a book by its cover. Always allow the the kids to have some time to figure it out and move forward slowly. You know, Hunter did a nice test program prior to him racing. Um, He did many days in the F4. And we actually were very privileged that Trevor Carlin allowed him out to Europe. Needed six days in the British Formula 3 with Trevor Carlin. Now, not many people get the opportunity to drive a Formula 3 car for Carlin. Um, And Hunter was only 14 years old. And he took the punt on Hunter to allow him to come and test at some big European tracks. Um, And, you know, that's what it's all about. Preparation and practice. You know, making sure that the the kids are eating right. Making sure that they're training right. Making sure they're strong enough. And making sure they're getting plenty of laps in a cost-effective manner. Now, Velocity Racing Development, we're based up at a track. We're based at Atlanta Motorsport Park. It's a country club. It's very cost-effective. The team are based there. You know, it allows us to be able to give drivers time on a track cost-effectively. You know, as a team, and as you know, with with, with racing, one of the biggest costs is people and travel. You know, we don't have to move if, if we're all in our own homes. We don't have hotels. We haven't got to send the rig you know, hundreds of miles across the U.S., East Coast, West Coast, Central, if we're just in our base and we're practicing locally at a track which is you know, got some sort of challenge to it, all of a sudden the kids get better and better and better, and they can do more days for the same class. Um, so, what I, you know, my biggest advice is don't be scared. Pick up the phone. Have a conversation with these people. Have a conversation with the professionals, you know. Talk to Amy at the SDCA. You know, get a feel for how... Your son or daughter will fit in at a certain teams. And, and just give it a go. Come and drive it and, and see what they think because you'd be surprised at the cost comparison between high-level go-karts and Formula 4. You'd actually be very surprised, surprised that the costs are probably very similar. If not, Formula 4 may be fractionally better cost-effective. And, you know, you just going to look at it. Look at the price one, Look at the scholarship. You know, Hunter wrapped up the championship last weekend. He won a scholarship into FR Americas next year. You know, that's going to allow him to have his tires provided for the season from Hancock, an engine from HPD Honda, uh, and a Formula FR car from Ligier. You know, a big prize fund, a cash prize fund, to allow him to continue and grow and move into FR without the financial implications being huge on the next step. You know, all of these things are great and all of these things are just just what you need as a driver that's, that's growing, that's good, that can keep pushing forward, is Cars gives you that. Cars gives you an hour. It gives you an opportunity to keep moving if you can perform. And the way you perform is by practice. And for me, practice will make perfect.
2: Well, great words. Uh, You're listening to Dan Mitchell, the head of VRD, who has just helped crown our new F4 champion, Hunter Yaney. Um, And he will be racing here at the Circuit of the Americas next week, but he won't be racing in his championship. He's already won that. He's going to move straight up to FR3 and go for it. And I'm really excited for him. Can you guys stay with me? I've got one more question to ask you about CODA and and the series overall. Uh, Can you hang on through the break? Will do. Yeah. All right. We'll take a short break here at thirteen seventy. KG K J C E. You're listening to Speed City. We'll be right back after this message.
7: Talk
1: 1370. The right choice.
7: Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City.
1: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio Speed City.
2: Thank you, Gunther. Yes. You have a. Irrepressible Gunter Steiner, the car, the car. He may be looking for a driver next year. Rumor, there's well, rumors, yeah. there's rumors. So keep 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 your ear out. We're very lucky to have on the show. Welcome back to Speed City. Uh, Jonathan Green here and Les Kaiser. And on the line we have Dan Mitchell from VRD and our new, uh, F4 America's champion, Hunter Yaney. Uh, Guys, um, obviously we're looking forward to next weekend, F3 and F4, both at the Circuit of the Americas. It was, of course, supposed to be part of Formula One. They're not coming, um, which is a shame, especially for Hunter, because I know what a great occasion that is. We've got some footage of last year's uh, race Uh, playing at the moment. And, uh, you know, it it just shows you with a big crowd there, it it would would have been fantastic. But maybe it might be easier without the pressure of a huge crowd uh, to to get yourself uh, embedded into it. But um, yeah, we're just looking right now, going up that big old hill, 133 feet uh, in an F4 car. I would have thought very exhilarating. Dan, um, how tough is Coda to set up for and be part of? I mean, Cota, what a what a
4: fantastic facility, you know. It always reminds me of Silverstone, you know, the, the area you have, you know, you walk in, you know, you just get a special feeling at Cota. I, I love the place. Uh, Austin, downtown Austin, again, a great place to go. And the track is, yes, yeah, it's, it's complex. I mean, last year we had to deal with the bumps. It was super bumpy and it was a much more difficult track to set up for than than we imagined. Um, now this year I know they've resurfaced it. Um, nobody's had a chance to go there and try it out, you know, with COVID hitting it. it, it was a difficult one. We couldn't get out there and test. Um, but no, I, I generally believe it's a very Silverstone-esque circuit, you know, the big uphill, big braking zone into one. Um, but the fast flow in three, four, five, six, you know, just a complex like Maggots and Beckett's down at Silverstone. And I, I really, really believe this place is, we've got to race that more. You know, everybody in the states has to race that more. It's a great facility, great track. It's got technical corners, you know, big braking zones, high speed. It's got everything it needs and everything it needs for a driver to to progress and get better. So really looking forward to coming next weekend.
3: Dan, yeah, we, the features you described, I I mean, I know them. Uh, you know, one of the things that I I feel like is pretty unique is you've got a world champion in Kevin Schwantz from Motor GP who took a big part in designing this track and the layout to be something that was challenging and enjoyable from, you know, being on track and things like that. I can't say I know of too many other tracks around the world that actually have a world champion level racer who took such a strong hand in this. Uh, Can you offer any other
4: ideas or or locations that are similar? Actually, no. You know, like most tracks are obviously very old airfields that. They obviously developed into tracks as time went on. And, you know, Cota being a man-made facility, a man-made facility for races and made by races. And I think that's what gives it such a perfect combination. You know, it has, is wide when it needs to be wide. So you've got great overtaking opportunities, you know. But in the high-speed stuff, it's not so wide. And it's just about carrying the speed. And the G-forces is, you know, Hunter will be piloting next weekend in FR will be, you know, astronomical, you know. The downforce that FR car has, the speed it goes, the the turbocharged Honda engine, you know, 305 brake horsepower, 1600 pound car. I mean, that's going to give him a sensation that he's never, ever felt before. And that is primarily down to the track design. Now, the track design being as difficult as it is, I mean, say no more.
2: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, you you couldn't say it any better. We've just been looking at some footage of F4 on track at Coda. Um, But I'm going to finish off, and I want to thank both Dan Mitchell and Hunter Yaney, but I'll leave the last word to our champion, Hunter. Uh, You're less than a week away, an exciting time to come to Coda. Um, What expectations and how are you preparing uh, for um, next weekend? Um, So my expectations are probably...
6: Just get there, learn the track, start off a little bit easy, and then immediately start pushing right after that. I'm aiming for a lot of top three finishes, if not first place finishes. That's always my top goal is first place. Um, Probably my my prep is probably just going to be driving on the sim quite a bit. I'm probably going to call Dakota tomorrow, and I'm going to ask him if he wants to practice, or I'm going to call my teammate Eric and see if he wants to practice just to get us both ready. Um, Yeah. It's really a shame that Formula One isn't coming because that was was really the whole goal. Like, a whole year ago, I was thinking to myself, I was like, when I win this F4 championship, I'm going to go and race in front of all the F1 teams and see if I can impress any of them. But too bad they're not coming this year. I
2: really wish they could have come. I love the blind ambition. Dan, one more word from you as being a fellow European, aren't you glad that um, the FIA and Honda, uh, the road to India as well, are so healthy at the moment? This has got to be so good because Americans, and I mean, we, we mentioned it, Mario Andretti is a long time gone out of Formula One and Hunter's trying to follow in his footsteps. Um, but aren't you glad that this junior series now Uh, Along the board, this ladder now exists and it's professional, it's safe, and um, it really does bode well for the future of American motorsport.
4: Jonathan, you would never believe the calls I've had in the last six months from top European drivers and top European teams inquiring about coming here and racing. You know, the USA has been recognized now as a great opportunity to give drivers an opportunity to move up and up and up. And it's fantastic. You have two options, you know. You can go up and you can run up the road to India and get to IndyCar. Or you can, you can do F4, or FR, Americas, which are both accredited by the FIA. You get your super license points. Then you can head over to Europe and, and follow your ambition to Formula 1. You know, there is no need to go to Europe till you're 17, 18 years old and you head over to FIA Formula 3. You know, what they've done in the States has given these drivers such a strong platform That if in five years' time we're not sat here with an American Formula 1 driver, or maybe even two within six or seven years that are competitive and running at the front, you mentioned Logan Sargent doing a fantastic job over in Europe. You know, if we're not sat right now with at least two drivers in the next seven years in Formula 1, I will be very surprised. You know, the talent level here is actually very high. We've got drivers coming from Europe to race, and they're not doing so well. They're expecting that they're going to be good, and... You know, these young Americans, are they're, they're really coming on nice. And, you know, it will be a big surprise to me if we don't have Formula One drivers there very soon.
2: You know what, Uh, we've been doing Speed City since the circuit opened back in 2012, and that is music to our ears, because, you know, we picked up on Rossi when he was doing Formula One, and now look at his future, Uh, he's uh, a smidgen away from being an Indy champion, and has already won the 500, Uh, we've been keeping a close eye on Cameron Das on Juan Manuel career, who've both been on the show, obviously Kyle Kirkwood, on his way to Indy Lights, now Dakota Dickerson, a huge success, we've had Linus on last weekend, so, yeah. And, and I like the fact that actually the Swedes are coming here and, you know, with their experience in Europe, uh, in Linus's case, um, you know, have proved that they are still stronger. But how long that will last, I don't know. Well, listen, Dan Mitchell, thank you so much. You'll be here in a few days. I'll be up there to bug you and hopefully we'll get you on next week as well. Uh, and hear your thoughts about a little bit of Formula One as well. And Hunter Yaney so much for coming on the show uh what's your social how can people find you we need we need to get a good support for you
6: so my instagram is at hunter yaney no no uh no capitals and no space um i think my facebook yeah my facebook is hunter yaney racing also i think no space um and then i also have a website it, that's also hunter Yaney racing it probably hasn't been and updated it- in a while but all right it's well still, it's
2: y-e-a-n-y right? Yep. Gotcha. Well, congratulations again to both of you. We'll see you next weekend. Thanks for coming on Speed City tonight and and best of luck, especially in Formula Three next, next week. That's uh, so exciting. Great news and an exclusive for Speed City. Thanks guys. Travel safe. Thank
4: you.
2: Les, isn't that great? I mean, that's what we've been wanting to hear for ages, you know, know, like, and and there's some conviction there. There's no question Dan believes in this kid. Absolutely. And that's what
3: I love is, uh, you know, here's Dan, you know, you and Dan have traveled the world together and yet here he is picking out a young American. And uh, to me that, uh, that is just what we needed. We need that. uh, We need to have these that will draw the profile with Dan. So here we are. And uh, like I said, you know, Dan could pick a pick an up and coming from around
2: the world and he's got one right here in the U S gotta love it. Yeah, and I agree with him. I, I think that that was the problem before: is that young Americans either had the choice of not racing at all, uh, or not not racing at a competitive level here in the states, and then not being good enough when they went over to Europe, um, or they would go too young and get lost in Italy and lost in the karting scene, of which you know Logan Sargent and all those guys have done, um, but then come through the other end. And I think Dan's right. You know, uh, Hunter can stay here in the states till he's seventeen grows up a little bit more gets a little bit more experience and when he arrives in Europe um you know he's going to be ready he's he's going to be ready to take on all comers well, well take a short break we've got more coming on the show and I'm going to put uh Les front and center because he's got another special guest for us stay with us here on KGCE 1370 be right back
0: talk 1370
7: Hi this is Mario Andretti and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the
1: fastest hour in radio Speed City.
2: If you're an American race fan, 1978 when Mario last won the Formula One World Championship for the United States seems a long time ago. Welcome back to Speed City. Uh, it's been a great weekend of racing. Uh, sadly, the doctor, um, Valentino Rossi, got ill with COVID, but he'll be back. Scott Dixon, and I, I say Scott Dixon because there was three other drivers, Van der Sanden and all the rest of it, but Dixon is the man of the moment. They won at Petit Le Mans. Uh, Alex Rins won in GP, MotoGP. And, um, Of course, uh, we just had a really exciting Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano battle in NASCAR, won by Joey Logano, which means he's the first through to the championship race at Phoenix automatically. Two more to be decided, one here in Texas, one at Martinsville, and then the final at Phoenix. Now, good news, more stuff coming to the Circuit of the Americas. It's Jimmy Day next, the Ultimate Streetcar Association. Les, tell us about this.
3: Oh, man, you know... uh so what's cool is this is not just fast cars these are people you you know might be at the stoplight next to with a fast car that they are qualified to drive these aren't people just blowing horsepower and getting crazy silly on it a lot of these cars are constructed you know for the most part they're street legal swap some tires on and go enjoy them they're old cars they're new cars they're everything in between in fact former Austinite Brian Finch, was a champion a few years ago but uh, let's get caught up with what's going on currently we're excited to have them coming back next month come to the circuit of the americas always puts on a great show jimmy day welcome to speed city buddy
5: hi guys how are you
3: i am seriously excited for this i uh, like i said having watched watching brian finch and uh, so many of the Competitors come up and what they do to cars that started out as streetcars and they race and can still drive them. I, I saw the story of uh, Brian Finch drove his car from Tennessee to the SEMA show a couple of years
5: ago and then competed with you guys. How about that? Yeah, that's that's kind of the whole theory behind the Ultimate Streetcar Association is, is to, you know, kind of compete. With these cars that are built to, to drive, we, we all believe that, that butts in the seats are, are what turns people on. It's what our passion is all about. So that's what our series is all about. And uh, we, we've got some of the, the fastest, coolest, high-performance streetcars on the planet.
3: And it's not just that it's a, you know, cars. They're, you know, at, at these weekends when they come to these facilities, there's car shows, there's vendors. You can, what's cool is you'll really see these products in use, you know, whether it's yeah, suspension or whether it's, it's really great because you see them used and a lot of times the vendors are there around it as well.
5: Yeah. A, a big part of, of what we do is we we try and stimulate commerce within the industry. And, and when people are driving their cars, there's a couple things that happen. They, they get competitive. They want to be faster, so they they buy upgraded parts. They're using their cars, so parts wear out, and they break parts, so they've got to buy new parts. Um, And in order to stay competitive, sometimes you just have to upgrade. And so all of this is about stimulating commerce within our industry. So it's great for the manufacturers and the service providers. It provides them with a platform to show that their products really do work, and it's the best real-world testimonial that you can put together for anyone.
2: What's the schedule then uh, for this event uh, in terms of Coda? What 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 should we be looking out for? Well, the the event at Coda is called the High Performance Expo,
5: and our our Optima Ultimate Streetcar Invitational, which is our championship event, is the feature event for that. So it is a it's a multi segment, multi day deal. It's November first, second, and third. Um, we're going to do something that's never been done before on Sunday. We're going to kick off the weekend. With uh, World Championship Autocross, which is, a, which is an autocross competition for a, uh, up to $25,000 purse. Very pure, fastest lap wins. Um, you know, no holds barred. You know, we, it's got a very simple set of rules. There's like six different rules. Cars run on street tires. Uh, the streetcar takeover guys are coming in on Sunday, and they're going to do some roll racing at Coda. Um, we've got Tanner Faust that's going to be coming in, uh, doing some drifting. We've got Vaughn Gittin Jr. coming in for the weekend as well. Um, we've got some fun things that are going to take place on the, on the karting facility. There's just a whole bunch of things going on all weekend long. And, of course, the whole thing is, is kind of wrapped around our Ultimate Streetcar Invitational, which is our championship event for our streetcars. And that's going to take place on Monday and Tuesday with an autocross. And then, of course, Tuesday, we'll be on the big track with, uh, with our Ultimate Streetcars.
3: Fantastic. That is so cool. Jimmy, is there still a chance anybody can get in and participate in any of these events on this visit?
5: You know, there is. We've got a we've got a car show going on throughout the weekend. And and for uh, for 50 bucks, you can put your car in the car corral and uh, and have the media folks take a look at it and have all the spectators take a look at it. The first 200 people to sign up, get a free Optima battery as part of that. Um, We are selling spectator tickets online for the weekend, so if, uh, if you're not in the Ultimate Street Car Invitational, you can come and watch. We've got a few spots left for our World Championship Autocross. That's a $250 entry fee, but all of the entry fees go into a pot. We're only taking 100 drivers, and it's winner take all. So there are still a
2: couple ways that you can get into the event. So besides the racing, there's also the purveyors, the vendors are there, the guys that sell the exhaust, the guys that uh, have the high performance uh, equipment. So uh, if you really want to kind of get tuned in to what the latest gear is, that's that's another good opportunity, even if you're not racing, right? That is correct. We've
5: got a vendor midway there and you'll see some of the some of the the most notable manufacturers and service providers at this event. You know, they canceled the SEMA show this year uh, because of the pandemic. It probably makes sense. It's a big indoor show, Um, but we're going to be outdoors. And so a lot of these vendors are going to take the opportunity to be there and and showcase their new products, showcase the products that are featured on a lot of these Ultimate Streetcars.
2: Well, I know Tanner Faust very well, having done the rallycross cross for a few years, great entertainer, great guy. And of course he's a high performance driver, not just professionally, but he's done top gear. He continues to do all the big movies. Uh, so if you haven't seen Tanner Faust uh, and you want an autograph, uh, you, you know him too, uh, Les. Uh, that's, a, that's a good crowd puller, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, always fun guy to meet. And uh, not only to see him as driving, but uh, get up close and see what's going on. Get a close up of these vehicles. There's so much specialty equipment on these that is applicable to the street. It is just so much fun to see what happens. Uh, I was just talking to a buddy who picked up a 72 Camaro and uh, he was talking suspension. And I said, wait, come with me out to the uh, big event at COTA. I told him about Ultimate Streetcar Challenge. He knows who Brian Finch is, who did a Camaro. So uh, we're going out there to see all of the crew. He particularly is going to be snooping around all those second gen Camaros. So, uh, yeah, they are there.
2: (laughs) So Jimmy, where else do you
5: guys go? You know, we, we have a really diverse schedule. We're a national points-based championship series. So we go to, we go to tracks all around the country, different regions of the country. We go to Willow Springs. we have been to Fontana. We go to road America, Pikes Peak international. Uh, we've been to Daytona. We've been to Charlotte. We've been to Sebring, uh, NCM Motorsports park. Of course we've been to, um, uh, we've been to Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, we do the track at NOLA. Um, so we go all over the country uh, with our street car series, and we call it the most diverse racing series in the world because, really, we have anything from 1950s all the way up to modern vehicles on the track at the same time. So you can, you know, and all the cars are, are street legal. So it's really easy for the audience to identify with multiple cars that are out there on track. I'm excited. Like
3: I said, this is one of the coolest events. Think of the uh, triathlon. These cars have to go through everything. They have to be legitimately get on the street, things like that. Uh, it's not just one of those that you come up and you see a car do something incredible, but you could never drive it to work or, or go someplace in it. That's what makes this crowd so fantastic in my mind. And when can people yeah. get in
2: there, Jimmy? It's the first to the third, right? It's November 1st through the
5: 3rd. Tickets are available at HighPerformanceExpo.com. And it's hi
2: All right. Well, Jimmy Day and the Ultimate Streetcar Association, we wish you best of luck. We'll be down. Speed City we will be there. We love events like that. John Massengale not here tonight, but I'm sure he'll be front and center with his son uh, as well. So we look forward to seeing you next weekend. Thank you for coming on the show.
5: Thank you, guys. Appreciate the opportunity.
3: Take care, Jimmy. Yeah, there you go. You don't want to miss this. We'll put this out on social media as well. It's a it's a fantastic event, as you just heard, a mix of events, a mix of vehicles from old to brand new. Everybody just doing what you bought that car from and just, uh, you know, why you bought it and uh, what better place to do it than the Circuit of the Americas, to be quite honest. Uh, You know, this
2: is the first time that they've been there. So we're going to be setting some lap records for for the for the ultimate streetcar association.
3: In the format that they're doing this time, yeah, it's the first time they've done this. It's a fantastic venue. Like I said, big sponsors, Optima Batteries. You've got uh, just quite a few. There's drifting burnouts, road rallies, speed stops, corrals. It is a lot of fun to see that. And uh, like I said, top names coming through there. You know, Tanner Faust, uh, always entertaining to see what he does and uh, what he breaks, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) And so uh, just a lot of fun. Like I said, I've followed this group for a few years now, having friends that compete in it. I actually love seeing the cars perform and then go see how they just pulled up. I've mentioned Brian Finch; He, in particular, got me into following this. Uh, He has totally spanked some modern cars in an old early 70s Camaro that forms beyond anything anybody would expect from this. And so uh, just my style of car.
2: Well, as we're running out of time, but isn't it a relief to be able to talk about an event at Kota? I haven't been, well, really physically since we did the wet commentary back in February. Uh, we've got two events effectively. I'm going to be up there next weekend, obviously doing the F3 and F4. Uh, I've got Trans Am on the sixth and then the first to the third, we've got the Ultimate Cast Association. So Coda's back.
3: COTA is back, definitely. And with the wide open space, it's easy to safely distance yourself, you know, bring your mask, bring those kinds of things. I bet you're still gonna need sunscreen, even though it's the first week in November, but uh, come on out, it's gonna be fine. Look for the Speed City logos, Jonathan and I, and John will be out there and uh, come up and say, hey.
2: I'm surprised you're not racing in it, Les. Can't you get the old, uh, oh, you've changed, you changed the Toyota now, that may not be a racer.
3: Yeah, that forerunner's not quite up to it. Someday it'll pull one, hopefully.
2: I wonder if I could get my, can I get my Tacoma out there? Would they let me on? Talk
3: to Tanner and see if he'll let you rally cross with him.
2: <laughs> A Tanner's coming nowhere near my truck. That, that's for sure. Last question. We're about to go, but uh, Les, Formula One's coming up. Um, let me ask you this. Haas, should they get rid of one of them or keep them both?
3: If we were laying odds, if we had to bet that one of them is out the door, I'm going to say Roman Grosjean is gone.
2: I think you might be right. I think Magnussen over the time period has proved to be the quicker, more aggressive driver. And Roman, much as I love him, has made more mistakes and maybe a change is as good as a, you know, a good as a new year. I don't know. Uh, I, I would be happy if they kept the same because it's been a rotten year. Um, so, well, we'll just see. Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, My thanks to Les Kaiser. John Massengale will be back next weekend. My thanks also to Dan Mitchell and to Hunter Yaney, our new champion in F4, a future star of either F1 or potentially Indy. It's been a interesting show, learning about the Juniors. If you've got any more questions, go to Facebook and look up VRD, which is Velocity Racing Development. Dan Mitchell, his phone number's there. Uh, and he'll give you all the information or you can come down to the Circuit of the Americas or get in touch with Speed City. That's right.
3: Yeah. And be sure to check out our buddies coming to town. It's HIPerformanceExpo.com. You don't want to miss that event at all. See you there.
2: We'll be one next weekend from Portugal. Until then, from me, Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser, bye-bye for now.
7: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.